Good evening and welcome to Adventures in DeFi Kingdoms. This is Raf streaming to you live high above the keep here in Crystal Vale. We have Nindorf and he has made the first half of his perilous journey out to Ethereum Denver for DFK Day. Nindorf, how you doing? Doing well. It's, it's kind of been a bit of a whirlwind here, I'll tell you what. I bet. All right. Well, let's jump right into it. Um, well, let's first go through, you know, shout out who you bumping elbows with out there. Yeah, so it's kind of funny, right? You you get into there. There's it's basically a conference room, you know, a larger conference area, and I'm like, I know the people I want to I want to go find, but I'm like, I don't know who they are. I don't know what they look like. So it was kind of <laughs> funny. You just kind of had to try, you know, to see who is who. And obviously, so you know, there's different people who have YouTube channels, and you can recognize them that way. So first person I noticed right away was Tosh, and I went chatted with him for quite a while he was awesome it was really great talking to him uh, a lot of good conversation some strategy here and there so so that was great uh, and then as far as from the team themselves uh, I had the largest time I, I was able to chat for a while with uh, Professor Tango which was really good so you know we'll get into that a little bit later but it, it does really lead me into my question of the day my conversation with Tango actually so I'll just go ahead and drop it go for it what is the purpose of bloaters? The what do you purpose think? of bloaters? Well, I know in the item notes, one of my favorite things to read over and over again is that it states that they're worth their weight in gold, but they're mostly hot air. So I imagine they're fairly <laughs> worthless. What What do you have? So, so yeah, in, in chatting with Tango, we got talking about you know some of these various tokens uh, and, and things that are going on. And the bloater came up, of course, because, you know, there's the little uh, table with this, you know, the swag on it, the little bloater, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, bloater nation drink rest and whatnot. <laughs> but basically, he was saying, he's like, what, well, what, what happens if, uh, you know, these eggs that are about to hash pretty soon, right? He's like, well, what happens if they need to eat? And what if they eat bloaters? And I was like, wait, what? I was like, <laughs> you mean to tell me cats <laughs> might eat bloaters? I was like, no way. That is some incredible news. I couldn't be happier. You know, I, I, there's no love loss uh, for me with bloaters and ragweed. You know, I just, uh, it's a lot of clicks for, <laughs> you know, uh, well, bloaters and ragweed. So that's, that's Two pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's really cool that they're, they're implementing uh, some, some ideas for the future or, or hopefully doing that. So very cool. All right. Well, uh, there was a, a really, cool ama well i guess not an ama it was more like a presentation because i don't think they took a lot of questions right um, no not really actually and they had a, a video playing in the background that was uh streamed on youtube and so i was able to sign into it you were there in person listening to it live give me first kind of the uh the, the hype in the room for the the release that talked about the perilous journey the journey to crystal vale and uh you know the i guess what was going on tonight yeah so uh, you know i had the 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 fiat mine was keeping me busy during the day so I, I arrived a little later than a lot of people it was it was pretty clear when i walked in that you know there was you know sort of camps of people who had been entrenched and they've been you know discussing this stuff kind of all day long sure um but yeah it definitely switched gears once they started their presentation and uh it was really cool to see you know how they were what they were all going to drop first of all and yeah the, one of the bigger items was the perilous journey and you know it, the oohs and ahs in the room after they dropped tidbit after tidbit of how it was going to work 
Um, and we'll, we'll go through that some, some of that here right now. But yeah, it was just really it was fun to see that you know the community just basically at the, on the edge of their seats waiting for all of these details. Yeah, it's you know when we've talked about this before, but the speed at which this game is developing is just absolutely incredible. You know, and a few other people in the the crypto space have commented that you know a lot of other you know uh, NFT based uh, crypto games, uh, you know they their NFTs aren't doing much right now, and here we are, you know, in a very evolved game, dropping some incredible new news. So, without further to do, let's let's get into that. So, I'm calling this the Hobbit's Journey <laughs> with a you know a shout out to Tolkien. Um, it's because it's a there and back again journey, right? So you send your heroes out to Crystal Vale. They don't know where it is, and that's pretty risky. Walk us through what that risk means. Right. So, so the way they basically phrased it was that, yeah, you know, I kind of equate it to back in the day, like when, you know, like Vikings were trying to find, you know, the the Americas, right? Okay. A lot of yeah. times they probably didn't come back, you know, or they might come back with riches. Sure. Uh, and so I feel like that's exactly what they're playing on. And that, I think that's fantastic. That sounds um, fun. But yeah, they basically mentioned too that this is like, and I, I thought this is really important. This is an event. It's not going to be permanent. Though, you know, those of us who know now knowing that heroes can be burned or die in this quest, you don't have to participate if you value your heroes and or if you only have maybe a small amount of heroes that you, you cannot risk. So I thought that was really interesting, too. So what's the survival percentage of sending a hero out there? Yeah, so that was actually really cool. I, I love the way they did this. and I, I didn't actually see this coming, but it makes perfect sense. So it's basically kind of like a gradient of you've got a common basic hero who's level one on one end of the spectrum. So Steve the Pirate. A, yeah, Steve the Pirate. That's right. Todd the Fisher. just got summoned. No experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Todd and Steve, the they go out on the first boat, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hope Steve has a red shirt. Anyway. Uh, and then on the other end of the spectrum, you've got the mythic Dread Knight level 10, which is like the more or less perfect hero at this moment in time. Okay. Uh, and, and so that was the full gradient of hero caliber, if you will, that will be making this journey if we so choose. Uh, and they basically said that on the common end, you have a 35% chance to survive. What? Yes, survive. Survive. Wow. Not make it. Survive. So this which is, is a, crazy. So this is a built-in burning mechanism then too, right? No doubt. No okay. doubt. And uh, then which, on the other end, I think they I believe they said that it was you had about a 95% chance to to make it successfully if say you were that mythic dread knight. So you know there's going to be a spectrum in there. Okay. All right. So that's that's interesting. Um, and I believe there was some mention about pairing your heroes with a Gen Zero. Do you risk your Gen Zero going on the journey or what happens there? Yeah, so that was a very important, somewhat of a caveat, I guess I would say. Uh, since the Gen Zeros are so limited and they're so vital to the genetic pool of our heroes, those will not be burnable. They are more or less permanent heroes. Uh, which we kind of figured, right? But it was interesting. It was great to hear them say that. So the Gen Zeros will not be able to die on the journey. Okay. So However, they're, they're the main they're characters not... in Star Trek. <laughs> exactly. 
Captain Kirk never went down with the ship. He tried a few times, but never made it. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but basically, yeah. That, so to counter that, I actually really like what they did is they said, you know, some of these possible rewards that you might get for making the journey and or, I guess, payment for loss of a hero, per, perhaps, um, does not qualify for Gen Zeros. So okay. they're basically just making it for a pat on the back, you know, just to say they did it, I guess, if you would. Okay. All right. So the rewards, let's just, uh, you know, go right into the next topic here. So the rewards for making the journey, what are these? And I mean, are these like burning rewards or are these rewards for making it on the other end or a little unclear? Yeah, I think we'll still kind of figure out a little bit more about this. That, you know, they, they talked for a little while about it, and they made it seem like it could be items, like in-game items. Um, and the other thing that was really cool is it's, they said if your hero makes it across, it'll be a full XP level. So, oh. Which is really interesting, right? So you, you don't want to make the journey with a guy who's almost at the top of his level. You want to wait, if you're going to do it, until he just levels up so you can gain a full bar of XP. That was really cool. Um Wow. And then, yeah, I think, like I said, it, they said there was probably some jewel and crystal rewards that you'll receive for making the trip, and then probably in-game items, or possibly. And they didn't really elaborate a whole lot on that one yet. Well, they did they talk about, like, runes? If someone dies off, there's, like, a rune that's, like, a tribute rune or something like that? Yeah, that... I wasn't exactly sure what they were referring to. I'm going to have to go rewatch the video on that one, to be honest with you. Um, but, but again, oh, there was one more point i want to say about gen zeros i forgot uh they did make it sound that if you if your heroes can quote unquote hitch a ride with a gen zero that gen zero will help boost their chances of making it successfully <laughs> i so like that, that i mean that is just crazy right yeah i, I like the, the themes yeah <laughs> that's fantastic all right so that that's pretty neat and and so then like some of the rewards you know, they talked a little bit about, um, oh, well, let's go to first, you know, this is coming pretty soon, right? Yeah, I believe so. Soon was their word. and I, You know, we can read into that as much as we want, but typically when they say something's going to drop soon, it's within the next, I'll call cycle, which uh -huh. I would say, like, if it's the dev team on the AMA drop-in info, before there's another dev AMA, usually it's dropped. So in, in my opinion, it's probably two weeks-ish, maybe less. Wow. Um, it could be a little longer, I suppose, but I, just kind of in the history, it seems like their cycles are like two weeks. Yeah, I mean, in their roadmap, I mean, they do have Crystal Veil launching in Q1, and, you know, we're halfway through Q1, so that's six weeks left. Uh, so, yeah, that's, I mean, that's certainly within that window. So two to six weeks, that's that's impressive. That's uh, a lot of work, so that's, that's really neat. All right, yeah, so... No doubt. The next thing that stuck out to me, they kind of talked about Crystal Veil Gen Zeros being a reward, and I, I've actually kind of gone back and, and rewatched this video a little bit. I think one of the things they said is that the Fallen Heroes, um, they they kind of, depending on the, the hero's, uh, I'll call it quote-unquote, worth when they <laughs> expire, uh, that you get a proportionate amount of raffle tickets that go into the raffle for more gen zero or for gen zero crystal veil heroes. 
And something that stuck out to me that I thought was interesting is they really emphasized that, you know, people have been asking the DFK team, how are they going to release the Crystal Veil Gen Zeros? And they made it clear that most of those Crystal Veil Gen Zeros are going to be released uh, via in-game rewards and, you know, uh, rewarding and incentivization systems instead of through purchase. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I... I didn't see that coming, but it actually makes a lot of sense because, you know, thinking back to when they minted the original Gen Zeros, the community was still relatively small. So 2000 was a relatively large percentage of people who were really into the game could actually, if they had the jewel and could, you know, afford it, were able to get them. And so now that we've grown significantly as a, as a community over the last three months or four months, that's not going to work, especially when this expansion is a quarter of the size in terms of Gen Zero quantity. Uh, so I think it actually makes a lot of sense that you have to use playing the game to release new content. So I think that's just their that's just their their mode of operation that they're going to be carrying forward, in my opinion. And it seems like land is going to fall under that exact same vein. I I love that. Now, and just to, to recall, you you were in uh, in the game during that first Gen Zero release. What was like? How fast did those heroes, uh, you know, get sold out? Yeah, this is one of the things that I was chatting with Tasha about quite a bit. Uh, so it, I think the whole lot of two thousand sold out in about eleven minutes. Oh my um, gosh! And uh, and I believe I had at the time I had scraped together about 1500 jewel maybe 1600 jewel I can't, I can't remember the exact amount so i pulled all of the money i had you know basically in the game at that moment out of the bank out of the gardens and i was ready um but i was not at my house so i had to be on my phone oh, unfortunately man. unfortunately by the time i was able to get the the button to load like it didn't like load right and by the time i hit click the purchase prices had already exceeded the amount of jewel that I had left. Oh, I, was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, I, I was telling Tosh too, was like, not only did I not get a Gen Zero, but I also paid a fee to withdraw my garden money. And <laughs> I wasn't in the bank, so I didn't get to collect on all the, the boosted ratio. Oh, from right, because that, that jumped. That jumped. Um, that was like the biggest was 8%. jump. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, he he was laughing at me a little bit. I'm like, yeah, that's right. I know it, it was my own fault, but it was funny. Oh boy, yeah. Well, you know, I guess uh, we're 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 here now. We we've made it through a few boo boos along the way. I certainly had a big boo boo a couple weeks ago that we can talk about some podcast <laughs> soon. Sure. Um, sure. All right. So next, they talked a little bit about a a grant program. They brought Dreamer up on stage, who's now. Uh, the president in the organization and it seems like partnering with with frisky um so they're designing a program to lower the entry um that you know the barrier to entry for new users still looking at the you know the current cost of heroes they feel it's kind of high and so what does this what are like the you know i guess the high level details of this new program yeah so the high level i would say is that and we, we've kind of heard snippets of this before, but he really provided a lot more detail this time. Uh, so the high level was basically, if you can't afford a hero, there's a concept now that they're working towards where you can list. So people out there who have maybe tens of or hundred heroes or so, 
just literally don't have the time to quest them all, could basically put a contract out saying, hey, I want to let you use my heroes um, for, say, a week, and I want to make sure that you quest them at least twice a day. or You know, details, right? Um, but basically then people who don't have the funding could accept that contract and say the contract says that if they if they meet those that criteria, maybe they'll make um, five or ten jewel over that week. Okay. So then the heroes are getting experience, and the the person who owns all those heroes that doesn't have time to quest them, you know, their NFTs are still gaining value, um, right. and they're they're then paying a little bit of jewel or, or I, you know it could be anything I suppose to these people who don't may, maybe have the resources, and they can mm -hmm. then build up jewel to purchase their first hero, say. Yeah, you know, I'll say I that's I was on on the YouTube live when this happened and I was kind of surprised by the amount of salt and tears in the in the uh the YouTube uh discussion going on at the time. I thought this seemed like a pretty neat program. Um but it I don't know. I, I we'll see where the community lands on this. I'll I'll be interested to kind of watch that, you know, maybe what I saw was just the the loud minority, which sometimes happens on these kind of things. Um, but I imagine, you know, probably that the the room itself was uh, looking forward to this. Yeah, I agree with you. It was, it was definitely more of a. You could tell that it was the dev team, you know, wanting to make a difference, not just to be profitable, right? It, it seemed like they wanted to make. Now that they have this platform and this this, you know, this power, if you will. They wanted to use it for good, not just for profit. It's kind of the, mm. more, the read of the room that I got, and I, you know I'm, I'm totally behind that. This is this is kind of a fantastic program, in my opinion, and I, and I I can't wait to see how it ends up working in the long run. Yeah, that's 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 really neat. Okay, so the next part that I thought was kind of interesting about this piece is they actually started indicating that you know there would be some kind of uh, score ranking the people who are going out and you know almost like these bounty hunters who are doing quests for other people and they they mentioned that you know like these questers that they were actually imagining this to be like a full-time job in real life and i thought that was like whoa a little bit of you know mind blown you know i think about the uh <laughs> the genius mind map meme and it's like that's the the fourth level um I thought that was just a fascinating way that's like, okay, that's really tying back to the real world and really giving someone an opportunity as well. If if you want to go quest all day, go for it, you know? Yeah. And, and I think the little hidden nugget that I got out of that was they talked about your your player, which is your profile, if you will, having some sort of on-chain information, Right. Uh, so right now, the only thing that I've actually ever really researched or found about that was that you have a name, right, that shows up as the owner of the hero. So this this kind of tells me something that I'd never really thought of or seen before is that you might actually have additional on-chain data for your profile. Uh, and they, like in the form of what level you are, I guess, in terms of uh, this grant program, like, you know, how reliable are you at, at uh, fulfilling your contracts? So like that actually opens up the door to a whole lot of things. So you, it's almost like you as a profiler. In Interesting. Now. Yeah. I, I, this is this could be very very cool, and I think this is something that we need to address. I'd, I'd love to sneak a question in on an AMA about that because, like, I feel like they kind of opened up a box here that I'd never really considered before. I like that. Yeah.
Wow, good, good spot, good spot there. All right, and so now this takes us to the main event, what we've all been waiting for. In the words of, uh, gosh, it's, his name is going to escape me now, but the the famous boxing announcer, let's get ready to rumble. Um, yes. Combat. So, all right. Every class will have a purpose. This is the first bullet note that I took from my notes here. Every class will have a purpose. Knight equals tank. Wizard equals magic damage. And they're going to follow the RPG tropes. Anything else that stuck out to you in, in that vein about about combat? Well, so the first thing that they were pretty upfront with is like, it is going to be 3v3. I was like, yes, all right, we nailed that one. I don't know if we heard okay. it in the AMA. But yeah, that that the concept okay. is to pick your three against his three or her three. Uh huh. Yeah, I I like that. And so now there's this entire, you know, ecosystem or, or meta game around pairing your heroes. And and they mentioned that a few times that battling is all about hero balance. One thing that really stuck out to me that um, their their new uh, combat developer mentioned is that. They want the community to figure out that metagame. And I think that's a sign of their game developers having been around the block when it comes to, to strategy games. You know, the, the metagame is what is considered to be the macro game that develops when there's a, a leading strategy or leading uh, counters to certain strategies. And they they want the community to build that, develop that, and I think... I think that's going to be really healthy for a battle system. And I also have a good feeling that, you know, they would stay with the right level of, you know, kind of finger on the pulse of a metagame. You know, there there's some games where, you know, a hero becomes strong. I, I think about my time in uh, League of Legends and you have a hero that's dropped right away. They're always overpowered and then they get hit with the nerf bat really hard <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. on the next update. And I have a feeling that this team is always thinking two steps ahead and they're going to be very careful about how they introduce balancing mechanisms. And they have gone out of their way to explicitly state, you know, every hero type has a purpose. And so I, I think they they really want to find it. And I, I actually think that there might be more value in basic hero types um, than we originally gave them credit for. So uh, what what do you think about this and kind of a metagame and, and maybe share with our, our listeners some of the, you know, combat games that you've played in your past? Yeah, sure. I, th- I think this, this ties nicely with, something we'd maybe previously talked about too, that's coming as well in the sense of items, right? You yeah. know, it, if you're down to these three heroes and maybe you don't have perfect balance, but if you have the right items to provide that balance, I mean, that's that might be, that's the next level game. You're not only balancing hero classes and skills now and skill trees, it seems like. So there's going to be choices that are going to permanently, it seems like permanently modify a hero uh, on top of what items you currently have available, on top of what is your opponent thinking, I, you know, this this is setting up to be one of the deepest kind of games, you know, that it gets down to. And, and what this kind of makes me think of is, you know, I, I've played. I'm trying to think what, what the name of the game. Oh yeah, yeah, Path of Exile. I've played that before quite a bit, where the the skill tree in that is like 
just absolutely ginormous, right? Mm-hmm. There's like hundreds of choices and paths that you can take through this tree. This might not be that quite that deep, of course, but you have the additional layer of, you know, classes and for real permanence on blockchain plus equipment. I, I, you're starting to get a pretty similar level of complexity, uh, and it is it's really cool to see that develop and, and move forward here. Uh, one of the the skill trees that's most near and dear to my heart is Kotar. <laughs> oh you know, that, yes, that was fun. I, I loved upgrading to uh, Force Lightning. That was uh, that was always it feels good. You, you know the my fun. My, this is kind of a little nostalgia here, but my favorite part of that game was uh, you'd uh, not level up your character and you'd build up all the XP until you became a Jedi. And then you just spend all your points just maxing yourself <laughs> as a Jedi. <laughs> in in the advanced uh, portion of the skill tree, right? <laughs> yep, that's right. Like immediately advanced. It was yeah. great. Oh yeah. All right. So yeah, let's so skill trees, um, the skill points that we're earning that we see every time that we go to the meditation circle, we hang out there, um, you know, we, we find ourselves and we earn a skill point. We, and, and now those are going to go towards, so they're sticking on our hero cards right now. And eventually we're going to have visible to us some kind of skill tree, like we talked about in the last episode that actually I'm pretty excited about. It sounds like the skill tree might also be influenced by your subclass, which is really undervalued right now. So now there's a place where we can spell, spend these, uh, these skill points. Uh, that sounds pretty neat. So, um, next thing I really wanted to go into is they fully clarified the style of combat system. And so it is not going to be turn-based. It is going to be idle combat. What does that mean? Can you explain that to us, Eindorf? Yeah, essentially what it means is there's going to be, a, a, in the terms of the player, a much more in-depth upfront thought process where you fine-tune which heroes, you fine-tune their gear, you fine-tune their skills. Maybe even, I'm, I'm foreseeing there being like battle stances. Maybe we've talked about this before. Okay. You know, like I want, you know, my my wizard my wizard to be full-on aggressive damage. I want my warrior to be, you know, stand back, take the damage, kind of defensive. I kind of foresee that's the sort of thing that you're going to elect when you hit begin battle or, or I'm, you know, I'm ready, if you will. And they talked about like buffs and debuffs too. So I'm hoping that some of the magic users or maybe like a priest, you know, would provide something like that as well. Sorry, I interrupted. Keep going. No, no, that's a great point. Because, well, so yeah, is it, which one's the healer? What's the, what's the monk and what's the priest, right? Because like, they seem similar, but they're still, their skills are very different right Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Their stat points, I mean. So yeah, I, I, I cannot wait to see how that plays out. And I'm, thinking that there will be, you know, they'll have to kind of release it in, uh, I believe the way they phrased it was, you know, everything's going to kind of come out in uh, in chunks, if you will. We'll release a little bit more, make sure it works, people are happy, a little bit more. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I could see them doing that with the skill tree as well, you know, where, you know, they don't have to unlock all the, sk- or reveal all the skill tree all at once. I think they could do that over time. You know, yeah, and, like the fog of war for skills. Yeah, right? and then I think back to just last episode where you were talking about, um, you know, uh, summoners maybe being their namesake actually, and and then hearing, uh, you know, this uh, 
you know, announcement today where they're talking about every profession having, um, you know, or not every profession, every class having a purpose. You know, I, I think originally in the game, I was thinking that Summoner was just a better version of Wizard. Um, and now, I, I or, or Priest, better, better version of those two. And now I feel like there is going to be a niche for everyone. And I, I don't know, I, I'm really excited about that. Um, and hoping that some of those legendary basics that I have, you know, are going to have a lot of strong value. And, and maybe they they don't make the trip over to Crystal Vale with Steve the Pirate. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's that's the next thing too, right? You you hit the nail on the head. We haven't really talked about that yet. We went over the details of the perilous journey, but you know, maybe it's worth pausing and, and asking the question: How many or which of your heroes are you going to send? Mm, right. Yeah, that's uh, my head spinning right now, trying to think. Oh, well, I have thirty three of them. Um, so you know, maybe oh, wow. nice. maybe instead of selling some of these guys, I I might be looking to. Uh, send them on the perilous journey and earn some of that crystal. Yeah. So me personally, my immediate reaction here in a lot of this was I'm going to send every hero I have. <laughs> oh, that's honestly a bold so, strategy. Yeah. You know, and, and if, if that gen zero thing works out and we're able to, um, use our gen zeros as a, as a team of as three a shield. Here, yep. To help us ferry our heroes across. Mm. I mean, you know, it's interesting, right? So I, I don't know that my, that's where I'm at right now. Especially, I know that you know the rewards they'll give. They won't be necessarily in equal value, but it, it's just one of those things. I, I got to really sit and think about this now. Yeah, that's boy. It's uh, gosh, there's going to be a lot of calculus that plays into this. So we'll have to we'll we'll have to keep talking about it each podcast along the way, and you know keep our our listeners up to date with what our strategies are and. You know, maybe even open up a a channel on our Discord, talking through you know how how is everyone else going to approach this? I'd I'd really love to hear from our community and and you know get into what they're thinking. So the last bit on um, combat that stuck out to me is they're talking about they're going to do PvP first, and mostly there there's going to be monetary rewards, and that PVE so player versus environment will follow later and that that's going to be more like material rewards and you know some of the other things that they they mentioned is they actually said that pve will be harder because they're going to have to incorporate it into advanced quests they want to incorporate it into lots of art and lore and those kinds of things um i mean you were at lore central today so i how's what's this mean to you yeah I think that actually makes sense because if you think about any good game with depth, creating that set of quests and the lore and the imagery and and the dialogue takes a lot of time. Uh, so I, I think this makes perfect sense. You know, they want to make sure that they have a nice stream of PVE content, which I'll call the core game. Really, I think that, in my opinion, is kind of the core of of most games. A lot of times, the PVP is just kind of like icing on the cake. Uh-huh. Uh, um, or some games are, are centered around PvP, of course. Uh, but that's kind of the read I got on that one, is that they still maybe need more time to flesh out the quests. And, you know, I'm sure that'll be an iterative process. And it'll also be expansionary, right? They'll have more and more and more and more as time goes on. And as levels, you know, hero levels get higher and higher. 
that's yeah that's it's really exciting to look forward to and i know they even you know kind of dropped the idea of dungeon battles in the future so that's uh that's pretty neat and you know one thing that i think about you know with some other games that i've seen be very successful is they have you know significant events to occur in the community and in the timeline of the game you know like the event of the perilous journey potentially the event of dungeon battles releasing in the future and even like the evolution of dungeon battles you can like take that to the next level where you know they've done this in all sorts of games where they call them raids or whatnot um where you can make you know a a new lore element for that quarter of the year or that month of the year and say all right you know players go try to go battle in the player versus environment or you know maybe there's an intermixing of like your guild can all go together on a quest something like that um you know i I really see that being the future of the game that's going to keep people wanting to play wanting to be invested and it sounds like the team you know between uh you know what they're delivering for the game itself and what they want to deliver for you know kind of people outside of the game um with the the grant program it seems like they're really invested in making this a successful long-term project yeah i couldn't agree more i think that's i think that's exactly right um here here's my uh wild speculation for the night after all this i think that if you have a hero that successfully journeys to all four realms something really awesome is going to happen Oh my gosh! Good call, dang. That's all right. that's that's kind of why I want to send all my heroes because I feel like that's where you know as these new expansions get released over the next years, I think that's where they're going to go with it. And imagine sending like a level, you know, I don't know, twenty five legendary hero across and he dies. Like, <laughs> like just imagine. Oh, I'll be uh, sad for a few days. That's for sure. <laughs> And and they're dead, dead. They, I mean, they confirmed yes. that, that it's like, like uh, you know, you're kicking up daisies, right? And that, yeah. I briefly, I was, I was chatting with Tash about that a little bit too, and we we're like, is that what the, like the Hall of Heroes is for, where you can see all the dead heroes, maybe, <laughs> in the castle? Yeah. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, we'll see how that works. All right. Well, any uh, any other closing remi- remarks here, Nindorf? I think we got through. Our, our brief notes on on today's uh wild events no i i mean honestly i just got to sleep on all this and rewatch it again and then maybe we'll have more nuggets for for next next time's podcast i i'm still kind of you know spinning on all this information here personally all right all right well thanks for jumping on a podcast late and uh for for making the perilous journey out there uh, to, to Denver and, and slipping away from the day job. Uh, that's, that's pretty awesome. And, and bringing this incredible alpha to our listeners. So, uh, a, a big thank you for, uh, for making the trip and, uh, glad, glad you're doing well and glad you could help talk us through all these incredible changes. So, all right, that's, uh, that's it for the adventures from DeFi Kingdom's crew. This is, uh, the Raf and Neindorf signing off.